1: What's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Derek Larger, Cody Foger joining me as always. And guys, we are going to go ahead and give our draft grades for each individual selection of the 2022 NFL Draft for the Indianapolis Colts. And we're also going to give an overall grade as well. Draft time is pretty much over at this point, so let's take a dive into this. So with the 53rd overall pick, the Colts selected Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce after they traded back uh, with Minnesota to acquire an extra third round pick. Cody, what kind of grade are you going to give selecting Alec Pierce at 53 overall?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, First off, I have to say I love the trade back um, to get another third-round pick. And I think that involves my grade here that also is a part of my grade here um, in this. And not to mention Alex Pierce is a very good player. I mean, he's Reggie Wayne's guy, right? We talked about this. Reggie really wanted him in the building. And so the fact that the Colts were able to, yes, get a third-round pick, turn around, get another position of need, and also, still get a very legitimate, good wide receiver um, that can be molded, and you know has all the physical tools that you're looking for. And really, the big knock on him is what Reggie was really good at, right? Route running. Mm-hmm. And, and so the fact that he's going to learn under Reggie Wayne, he's going to learn under Michael Pittman Jr. You know, he's going to potentially have a guy like T.Y. Hilton back if the Colts decide to bring him back, who, oh, by the way, is really good himself with that. Um, I think he's just set up very well. So I'm going to give this this pick right here, a B-plus. I think it's a really, really good one. He still obviously is not a perfect wide receiver. He's got some things he needs to work on, but I think he's a really good player, and I think he has a real legitimate chance, Derek, from day one to be that number two wide receiver. Is he going to be the number two wide receiver right away? I don't know exactly, but he certainly has a chance, and I think certainly by midseason he might be actually, you look over beside uh, Michael Pittman on the depth chart, and he's your number two.
1: Yeah, I mean, talk about a pick that has a lot of home run potential here for sure. Uh, I'm probably going to agree with you on the B plus uh, pick there. Uh, Only reason I'm just not giving it an A minus is just because, again, it's very similar. I I thought that, you know, Alec Pierce, you could have went a couple different directions with how you wanted. Um, Also, I don't know if you saw the Morocco Brown interview that we all did. Obviously, you weren't able to join for that. But uh, in case anyone else didn't see that, be sure to go check out that video. Uh, I asked him about, I think somebody asked him about, you know, trading back. And, you know, he said he was very comfortable with, a lot of the guys were very comfortable with the players that were still there at 42. And that's why they decided to trade back because they felt confident that they were going to be able to get somebody at that spot uh, at 53 if they were to go back. And obviously, George Pickens went right before us and then Alec Pierce and then Sky Moore went right after to Kansas City. So, you know, you could probably give it an A minus just due to the fact that three of those receivers, the three that we always like bunched together, you know how we always kind of bunched George Pickens, Alec Pierce and Sky Moore together. Like if we got any of those receivers in that little tight knit group there, we would have been happy. I mean, the fact that All those receivers got taken at that specific moment. You could really say that was a good thing by the Colts to make that pick at that time. But yeah, I'll go with a B-plus there as well. Great potential. This could be turned into an A-pick easy uh, with some work with Reggie Wayne over the offseason. You really like what you get in Alec Pierce. All right, so with the third-round pick, 73 overall, the Colts-selected Virginia tight end Jelani Woods. Uh, this was definitely, I think, the the surprise pick of the of the evening because you know we did not expect that kind of move. Uh, but yeah, the Colts are getting Jelani Woods from Virginia, the athletic big tight end. Everyone's talking about it. What kind of grade would you give this one, Cody? You know,
2: I re- first off, I want to preface it by saying Jelani Woods is a freak man. He's a freak athlete. I think he's. I think out of all these guys, when it comes to the r- relative athletic score, he has the highest one. He was a 10 out of 10, Derek, which is just un- unheard of, mm-hmm. unheard of. So um, overall, I'm going to give it a B because I do feel like, you know, it's in terms of like value, um, I feel like he's about right there. Maybe he was taken just maybe slightly higher than I think a lot of us maybe thought, but it's not that much of a reach. Let me just say that. Like I'm not saying they reached like, 30 or 40 picks too high. Um, I think he was taken about right where he should, maybe a little bit higher, but overall as a player, I love it. You know, I love it. He's just a, right now, I think he's just a big mold of clay, right? I mean, he's physically got everything you're looking for in a tight end. He's not going to necessarily have to come and be a day one starter, although he maybe could and be have a big impact on this team. But uh, yeah, I mean, just the lack of experience, he's going to take a little bit of time to kind of come into his own as a tight end. But the one year he did have as a tight end at Virginia, he looked really, really good. He looked like a really, really explosive player. And it's just, you know, it's like you, t- you put on the tape and it- it's just like jaw dropping the, th- the things that he's able to do with that size and just the speed and everything that he's able to do for his size, man. Um, it's it's exciting. It's scary. And it's crazy that now the Colts have a tight end that's bigger than Moali Cox. I and never more athletic I than
1: Moali Cox. Too. And Mo
2: Atle- more athletic. I said almost said Mo athletic there. More <laughs> athletic than a Moali Cox and bigger than a Moali Cox. I mean, that is crazy. Now the Colts have two tight ends over six foot six, which is absolutely nuts. I mean, like, holy cow. Um, so, all that to say, I like this pick a lot. Like, I don't think there's any of these day, day two picks that I disliked. Um, but I would say out of all these picks, I think this is the one that I was like, cool. But I wasn't like over the moon, like, Oh my word, you know, but I still really like the pick. Don't, don't, don't hear me wrong here and and think I dislike this pick. I really like it. I just think there was other picks that maybe I liked just slightly
1: more. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I get it because you know with the, it was really hard to get a, a grip on what the tight end class was going to offer. Uh, Trey McBride was the only tight end before Jelani Woods that actually got picked before him, and even then, Trey McBride got selected. I think it was like it, I correct me if I'm wrong. It's it was in the 50s as well when he got selected. So you know there wasn't there wasn't a lot of top end talent for the tight ends. Like when we were looking at other positions, nobody was going out of their way to go look for a tight end, right? And the the fact that the Colts were able to get one. And not only that, the most athletic one of all of them, and not to mention the biggest one uh I mean, just let alone anything you potentially think he's gonna get, even if he's not a number one starter right off the bat I'm giving this pick I'm giving this pick a b plus because you got only you not only got a position that you definitely feel is going to be a need for you down the road, but you also got a guy that again looks like Moali Cox, but can do things that Moale Cox just can't, right? Has that uh that speed on the inside and the outside that Moale Cox doesn't have. I'm not gonna even test the vertical ability. They both uh can go up and get it, no question about it. But I mean what you get in Woods, I mean, just really the potential is just through the roof of almost any pick in this whole class. The Potential of Woods, I think, is probably the highest of almost everyone there. So that's why I would give this one a B plus, and I'm kind of in the same boat with Alec Pierce pick as well, just B plus on the verge of an A minus. Just depends on what you get with him. And then with that other third round pick, the one that we uh, included from the Minnesota trade, the Colts were able to select Central Michigan offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. This one, you and I were like going absolutely nuts when that pick happened because, you know, we, we heard the whole time, like we're from day two, the start of day two, Raymond's name was up there, like in the top 10 best prospects starting that day. And so we were thinking, man, it's, he's definitely going to get picked in the second round. And then he falls into the third round. We're like, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Would it be possible? And then the Colts went with Woods before Raymond, and the fact that they were still able to get Raymond at 77, I mean, that, that, the rest speaks for itself. I mean, everybody loves that pick. Uh, what's your grade for uh, Bernard Raymond at 77 overall?
2: This is my favorite one. I, I'm going to give it an A, no doubt about it. I mean, there are obviously concerns, you know, with the age. He's going to be 24 years old. Like, he's a little bit older in this class. He's got a little bit of shorter arms. He's got, you know, some questions about his knees and things like that. But, you know, the Colts obviously did their homework. They did their research. They did the medical stuff on Bernard Raymond. And, and they feel good about where he's at. And they feel good about his durability moving forward. So, that being said, yeah, you're right. I think he is extremely talented. I cannot believe he fell to the third round. I can't even believe he, you know, I can't believe he fell to the third round first. Also, I can't believe he fell so far in the third round as well. So I think overall, I love this pick because I had him potentially, you know, the factor of maybe not forty-two, but maybe if you trade back in that. 53 range where you took Alec Pierce, could he be an option there potentially? And and some people even said he could be an early second round pick, right? Like people were really legitimately saying that, not just us. So yeah, the fact that you were able to, you know, going back to the Alec Pierce trade, trade down, get Alec Pierce, and then also get Raymond as well with that additional third round pick. I mean, it's like chef's kiss. That is beautiful, (laughs) Chris Ballard. That is beautiful because now you have an actual answer potentially for your future at left tackle. You know, you really do. I'm not saying that Raymond's going to go out and he's going to win the job. You know, I think Matt Pryor still has a legitimate shot at being that left tackle. And honestly, I think he might be week one. I really do. But that being said, I do think that Raymond has a chance. He has a puncher's chance, man, to really go and take that position from Matt Pryor. I really believe he is that talented of a player that he could and will, um, you know, be the left tackle of the future. Um, and, and, And the fact that the Colts were able to do that and get him really for nothing compared to where we thought we were going to have to give up to get him potentially if we wanted to you know have him on our roster i think it's beautiful i think it's absolutely my favorite pick undoubtedly um there are concerns but i mean he's a fantastic left tackle fantastic one of the best ones in this class i think undoubtedly
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he was widely regarded by some as the fifth best left tackle in the whole class. And then on top of that, you know, to still be available in the mid third round, I mean, it's truly insane. I mean, again, say what you want about the injury he had and the fact that he's like two years older than most of the guys that are in this draft class. Again, we've, we've seen, we've seen offensive tackles when they take care of their bodies, they go into their mid-30s all the time. And and that's not something that we need to worry about as long as he takes care of himself. And there is a good shot that Raymond could be the starter week one because Raymond is a lot more athletic than Matt Pryor. He may not be quite as strong as Matt Pryor, mainly due to the fact that he's lot—he's like 20 pounds lighter than Matt Pryor, but he is a lot more athletic. He's very quick. He's able to do things that Matt Pryor just isn't able to do off the edge, and that's what's important is when you're going up against these edge guys that are real fast off the edge, that's an important thing to have, especially being a left tackle, protecting the quarterback's blind side. Again, some things that need to be worked on. Raymond needs to gain a few more pounds. He needs to get a little stronger. He needs to get a tad better with uh hand placement and such. But again, this guy is really strong. He's really good. He's really smart. And I, I love that even in the limited time that he's been a left tackle, was still very, very efficient at his job. So I'm giving this an A-minus. I love, I love the pick. So yep. I'm happy yep. to see it. Yeah, and and one more
2: thing, yeah. one more thing before we move on to the next picks here. Um, I think the great thing is at the absolute worst this year, you have another depth piece at tackle. At the worst, right? Say he doesn't start, say he doesn't really see the field as a starter this year, and that's kind of quote unquote worst case scenario for him for this year. All right, well, then you have a you know a third tackle that you feel very good about. Like you have kind of that, what you had in Matt prior last year, you have another guy that you feel it's going to play good football for you when he's asked and he called upon to play, you know, maybe that is Matt prior again. Maybe that is Raymond. Either way, you're going to have a guy that's going to be legitimate and say, you know, injuries happen, right? You know, say Braden Smith misses some time or whatever this next year, or, you know, whoever, Danny Pinter misses time or whoever throw it in there. Um, The fact is, now you have an option at left tackle, say Matt Pryor goes over to like right guard or right tackle or whatever. Like You can do a lot more things position-wise from a flexibility standpoint now that you added a tackle because it is so much, and I've said it so many times, people are probably like, Cody, shut up about it. I get it. I get it. But I just want to say it again. It is extremely hard to find quality depth at tackle, extremely hard compared to the interior. So the fact that you're able to get a guy like this in Raymond in the third round that is just huge for your depth moving forward on that offensive line.
1: Totally agree. And then the Colts made one more move uh, that night. And unfortunately I wasn't streaming when it happened. Uh, The 96th overall pick that the Colts traded their 179th pick in order to move up and a third rounder for next year to go and get Maryland safety, Nick cross. So this is a very interesting move. um, and the more that I think you and I have talked about him, uh, the more that we are loving this guy. Um, again, six foot tall, two hundred and ten pounds, can run a four uh, three, has a vertical of thirty seven inches. I mean, again, athlete, athlete, athlete. This guy's like a Bob Sanders uh, two just taller uh, and bigger. So, I mean, that's very impressive to say the least. Uh, what was your what's your Thoughts on Nick Cross and what's the grade on this pick?
2: So based off of what Chris Ballard and company have said, right, when they said they met with their scouts, they talked about it. Nick Cross was sitting there still on their board. He's very high up on their board. They said, if this guy came out next year, because remember, he's only 20 years old, right? If he came out next year, where would he go? Everybody said second round. And they're like, you know what? Good enough for us. We're going to trade up. We're, We're comfortable giving away our third round pick next year. And 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 some other picks to get him because we believe he's that talented. And I think the fact that if if the Colts felt like he was a second round pick next year, and the fact you only have to give away a third round pick, I'm giving this an A. I am, I am. Now, not necessarily a need, right? But there are questions at safety. There are questions for Corey Willis's future, right? Because he did have kind of a down year last year. He is entering a contract year. What's the future hold for him? You know, what's the deal with Julian Blackman? You know, is he going to come back fully healthy? and the player he was his rookie year. You know, what's going to happen in the future there? And Nick Cross kind of starts to give you potentially another answer if you feel comfortable moving on from Kari Willis after this year, or if Julian Blackman doesn't come back the way that everybody's hoping and expecting him to. You know, it just gives you a little bit more to feel good about for the near future for your team. And, I mean, let's be real, like, Cross is so much more talented than Kari Willis. I love Kari Willis, but I'm willing to say that. He is.
1: Yeah, that's your dude. He's a talented
2: player. (laughs) Like, Corey Willis is more of that one-trick pony, right? I mean, he he's that box safety, and he's good at what he does, but he really struggles at times to cover. Like, we saw that so many times last year, him getting beat um, on one-on-one matchups and stuff like that. And so, just adding a player of Nick Cross's caliber, um, the fact that he's able to run, he's able to tackle, he's able to jump, he's able to do all these things, right? He's he's really, like, able to move around. And I feel like he's a pretty hard hitter as well from what I've seen from the tape. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just an athlete, right? And he doesn't have to come in this year and light the world on fire. He could. He very well could come and light the world on fire. But he doesn't have to. He can play some special teams. And also, if he's playing that well in the snaps that you do give him, he could continue to earn a starting spot. I really think he could. I think he is that talented. And the Colts don't often do this, man. The Colts don't often trade up this much to get get a player, right? So they love, they love, love, love Nick Cross.
1: Yes, and I I totally agree with you there when we're talking about a guy here that this reminds me so much of the Julian Blackman situation from a few years ago. Except this time, this safety is actually healthy. Uh, Nick Cross is fully ready to go. And from what Morocco Brown and a bunch of other people were saying about him, I mean, this guy is going to fit. Into Gus Bradley's defensive scheme perfectly. They love his skill set and what he can provide for this defense specifically. Again, not many safeties that are six foot tall, over two hundred pounds that can run a four three. I mean, this guy's this guy's going to cover anyone. I mean, there's not an angle in the world that this guy can't hit because he just has that that power. And honestly, the worst the worst part about him. The worst part about him is that a lot of times when he hits people he forgets to drive with his feet and that's something that he's going to have to work on obviously when uh you know he's going up against Derrick Henry so you know you're going to have to learn to use your feet to drive through but that's something you can continue to pound into his head but just the tenacity and the aggressiveness that this kid plays with and the fact of being so young too I mean I give this an A- um even with the fact that you gave up next year's third to do it again, the Colts willing to do that to get Nick cross this way makes you really think that, wow, I mean this, this guy, this guy's like legit. If they're willing to move up 80 spots to go and give up a next year's pick to be able to go and get this guy. I don't think Colts fans quite know what we might have in store, but if it's any indication of what Ballard and company has said about him, I <laughs> him and him and Blackman could be the next lethal duo at safety for a long time. I'm just saying. Yeah. And um the
2: fact that I've kind of learned and hopefully Colts Nation at this point has learned to kind of trust Ballard and his scouts when it comes to DBs. Cause I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a lot of good ones out there. You know, we yeah. have the the Isaiah Rogers, we have the Julian Blackmans. We have the Corey Willis's, right? I mean, and even the Kenny Moore's. You know, I know that was a little bit of a different story, but you know, the fact is, the Colts have had a pretty good eye for these DBs over the course of of a few years that they've been able to draft them and stuff. And even a guy like Rocky Sin, you know, who say what you want, but he netted you a star pass rusher out of all this. So, right, um, they're able to. I, I really feel like they're able to to scout these guys extremely well. Um, and you're right, like the fact that he's only 20 years old. I mean, this dude is just now. Like this is this is almost like when I heard that I was like wow is this like a Quincy Wilson situation you remember they drafted Quincy Wilson extremely young as well um but I think the good thing is well from what we've seen right uh the fact is that Nick Cross hopefully is a little bit more mature than Quincy Wilson yeah, was right, right now <laughs> um he doesn't he doesn't worry about covering grass or whatever Quincy had said um and then also the fact that um you know he's just He's just a better locker room fit. Like, they've scouted these guys. And Quincy was, you know, wasn't Ballard's scout, if you remember that. Like, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't Chris Ballard, the guys that he has there now. That Five years into the evaluating. system,
1: Ballard has a better understanding exactly. of what they're all looking for now. Exactly.
2: Yeah, they do. And, you know, they scout all these guys. They, they talk to all these guys and all this stuff. So, I mean, honestly, you look at the guys the Colts have drafted. I mean, who has really been a guy that's been a locker room issue? I can't Not really find one who's a guy. That's like the Colts have been u- upset with their work ethic. I mean, maybe you could maybe point to a couple, but we haven't heard anything, right? We really haven't out of all right. these guys. It feels like all the guys that that have had issues, you know, with the Colts have been guys that the Colts have either traded for or, or a few that they've signed in free agency. I'm thinking of the Eric Ebron to the world, Carson Wentz is the world, those type of guys, but right. guys that they draft and they really like take thorough time, you know, to get to know them. I trust this team enough to know how much they value that character and value that locker room to think that they're not going to trade up you know, for a guy like Nick Cross if they don't believe that he has that character and has that work ethic. I really believe that totally that's is. not going to be an issue.
1: Absolutely. All right, and since the Colts didn't have a fourth-round pick, had to wait all the way into the fifth round at 159 overall, and with that pick, they selected Eric Johnson, a defensive tackle from Missouri State. Again, Cody, just, you know, one thing we saw from him again, a, a great athlete, he's actually one of the the worst athletes we drafted and even so, still had an RAS score of, I believe, a 9.25, which, <laughs> if that <laughs> tells you anything, I mean, holy cow. I mean, the, the guy's yeah. still really athletic. Uh, what's your grade here for Eric Johnson?
2: I look at the production alone and I'm like, how did this guy fall to round five? Like, he had seven and a half sacks and I think 12 tackles for loss. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give it a solid B plus because um, I don't really know how he felt at this point with the production that he had. Right. Um, and the fact that it was a need, right. Cause Taylor Stallworth obviously left in free agency. So you kind of had a hole there in that interior. Um, I like it. I like it. The fact that he also can give you a little bit more juice, you know, in terms of pass rush. I kind of like that. I like that feel. And he's just uh, a phenomenal athlete, like you talked about and all this stuff. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good pick. I really do. I think it's, Fills a position of need. And also, you know, when Grover Stewart and Force Buckner's tired, if you need a guy there on third down, he can definitely get after the passer. Like that he definitely is something that's a part of his repertoire. So I like this pick. I really did.
1: Yeah, I'll go, I'll go B minus. Um okay. I think that, you know, again, just him being an athlete, uh, I think that there's I think that there is um some aspects to his game that he's gonna have to work on, but what one thing I did like about him, and that's why I give him a B minus here, is you know a guy being three hundred pounds and being 6'4 and moving the way that he does, yep, it exactly. he just doesn't look that size when he moves. I mean he he has juice, and I love it. And, and he he every snap, even if he takes himself out of the play at times. His hand movement and the power he has in trying to rip through people and swim over people is is insane. I mean, just even some of the clips that I've seen, I mean, he he puts everything he has into those reps. And uh, maybe that's something that he's going to have to work on is uh, learning how to be a little more under control. Sometimes that's what we had an issue with with Dio when he got drafted, sometimes he was so adamant on making the big play that sometimes he took himself out of it by just going into whatever person he ran into. Uh, But Eric Johnson, again, it's, you definitely got him for the athlete that he is. You think that he has some intangibles, uh, like I said, with the athleticism and just the power that he has with uh, the moves that he has at the line. That's what you really think you could get out of him. So you gave him a B plus. I gave him a B minus there. Uh, Let's go to the sixth round, 192. And with this one, the one we acquired from Minnesota, we got uh, Andrew Ogletree, tight end out of Youngstown State. Now, there's not a ton of uh, stuff that comes out about Andrew Ogletree was mainly a D2 guy uh, for a while. And then, you know, dominated D2 competition due to the fact that he was, you know, bigger than every single other person out there. Uh, and again, another athlete, you know, surprisingly, at 6'6, 255 pounds, still had an RAS score of a 9.35. So, you know, this guy's definitely very athletic, but you know, at the end of the day, there's not a lot to know about him because there's just not a lot of film out there. So, uh what what do you say, Cody? What's your grade on this pick?
2: Yeah, I felt like it was kind of a luxury pick from being honest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously you can't argue with, you know, he's physically gifted, all that stuff. He's got, he's athletic, but like, I don't know. I, I give this one a C plus because I was hoping for maybe an interior offensive lineman or, or another position of need. You know, I felt like you didn't need to potentially draft another tight end. You already had three of them on your roster. Now that you feel good about. And, and he's more of a project player, in my opinion. Now, Again, he can make me eat my words, and I will be glad to do so if he comes out and he balls. But that being said, I really hope that they would go a different position here. I was kind of shocked that they went back to tight end. They double dipped at tight end. I was hoping maybe if there was a wide receiver available or, you know, interior offensive lineman, one of those two things, maybe even a corner as well, that they would go after that. But it is what it is. He still has potential. He still has, you know, and that's what you kind of have, right? It's kind of the, you you take guys based off of athletic ability and what you feel like they can be, not what they are right now. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. What, what are your thoughts here um, on Ogletree?
1: I'm giving this a C minus. Uh, like you said, I, this is, this one was the worst pick of the, of the whole draft. It was one of those that just left me thinking, I just didn't understand it. You know, again, it was, it, it was a tight end. You didn't need to do that. Probably could have drafted an interior offensive lineman that, you know, would have uh provided you with some better uh better depth down the stretch, but you never know. Um it, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with this. You know, Ogle Tree said that, you know, he's like a clay ball. They can shape and mold him however they want to. Um, you know, which is which is definitely a good thing to hear. But that also means that, you know, there's really not a specific point to his game that makes you just want to get him. So C minus for me and that's and that's being gracious. Uh and then the sixth round still uh with our com- uh compensatory pick uh you got 216 and that is Cincinnati defensive tackle Curtis Brooks uh another Cincinnati player that we drafted. Uh what's your thoughts on Curtis Brooks? What grade you in this?
2: Hm. That's a good question. Um I like this, you know. I know he's got a little bit undersized, but I really like this. And, and obviously, Curtis Brooks is fired up, man. I think this is my probably my favorite pick here of day three. I know, you know, you defensive lineman, right? You know, you already addressed it earlier on, but I don't know how he fell this far. I don't know, and I don't care, frankly. Um, I'm just glad he's on our roster because this is the dude, Derek. I'm just going to say it now. I know it's early. Watch out for this guy. Watch out for him. Because I think he legitimately could make a case for the 53 man roster. I really believe that Curtis Brooks could be the steal of the third round. Like, I really do. I love this pick. Um, so, I'm going to give it, I'm honestly going to give it an A minus. I really am. Because, I mean, they had Alec Pierce on and they talked about him. And he said, this dude was like one of our best defensive players on a Cincinnati team that was in the final four. Yes. So, that being said, okay, he's not quite 300 pounds, he's a little bit shorter. Who cares, man? They said the same thing about Freeney to the same thing about Mathis to the same thing about different players. Now, look, I'm not saying he's going to be that. And not and that's all. the
1: thing. Aaron Donald of all people is undersized when you look at defensive yep. tackles, you know, like at the end of the day, I mean, it, the size, it, it matters to a point, but if you know how to use it, that's the difference. Exactly. And I think Curtis
2: Brooks, I mean, he, he's he got a chip on his shoulder, man. I really think, you know, and obviously it could just be nothing. It could turn out. He could just be cut, you know, but I don't know. Like, I think I'm never wanting to overlook a player that's drafted a little bit later because of what happened with Robert Mathis. You know, I'm always wanting to give him a shot and a fair shake. Um, And I really believe that. I don't know where he's going to fit because, you know, he's a little bit smaller for the interior. But, hey, you could look around and be like, who is this guy? You know, who is this Curtis Brooks guy? I really believe the Colts got a steal here.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B plus. I'm quite surprised you went A minus. I thought I was gonna be the higher up on this on this pick, but um, you know, when I looked back at the numbers, and that was the one thing that came out uh, about Curtis Brooks again, still had a I think it was a nine three RAS score, which again is unbelievable. He he had the best win percentage rate on pressures, both in the pass game and in the running game of every interior defensive lineman in the class. This guy was getting everywhere he wanted to more consistently than any other interior defensive lineman in the 2022 NFL draft. Yes. And yet somehow this guy fell to the 6th round. Yeah. It's it's like what is what did every single person scout what did every scout have to say that Curtis Brooks fell that far? Like, you're yep. telling me that every other defensive tackle that was taken before him was better? Again, Alec Pierce, say what you want about him defending his teammate, but he's right. That Cincinnati defense that previous year was legit, and Curtis Brooks was a lot to have to do with that. Seven and a half sacks as a, as a smaller interior defender? I mean, that's insane. That's great numbers, and again, we asked Morocco Brown about this, and he said that he... He shoots the gaps the way we like our defensive tackles to do so. I mean, that's exactly what he is, and I think he's going to do just fine. And that's why I gave this a B+, because you know, I didn't know a lot about Curtis Brooks right off the bat, but then the numbers started coming out, and then everything else started coming out about him. I'm like, well, geez, how did this guy, how did this guy get into the sixth round when he had the highest win percentage rate, uh, uh, highest pressure rate of any interior defensive lineman in the class? How is he in the sixth round? So
2: again, it's just due to his size. I guess like 43 quarterback pressures last year, Derek,
1: 43, 43. That's insane for, for, and, and and, like you, you would be hard pressed to find an edge rusher that can do that. Like let alone an interior defensive lineman. And again, say what you want about their competition. I don't care. Curtis Brooks still did that. He dominated. So, I mean, it's great. I I love it. It's, it's kind of your, uh, it's kind of your feel good pick you know you see it and then you're just like man I'm really rooting for that guy right it's kind of like that Rob Windsor pick that I had from a few years ago I really wanted him to pan out unfortunately just didn't end up turning out that way certainly hope Curtis Brooks uh is going to be a different story yep uh 7th round last pick that we drafted and that is Yale cornerback Rodney Thomas the 2nd at 239 overall uh again more More secondary depth here, Cody. I mean, he's listed, he's, he was, it's weird because he's, he must be a hybrid guy because he's listed as cornerback and safety on a bunch of different places, depending on where it is that you look. Uh, I mean, again, a very athletic guy. I think his RAS score was like a 9.5 something. So, you know, this is another guy that facing the competition that they faced. I mean, he was he was just everywhere, you know. I mean, he was he was dominating everything. Obviously, a smart guy. If He went to Yale. Uh, I mean, obvious, uh, very obvious there. So, what's your what's your uh, grade here for Rodney Thomas?
2: I'm just going to go B minus because I mean, this is seventh round pick, and you're just you're literally just going off of traits at this point. Like, right. and he's got some of those traits that you're excited about, you know. And if for some reason if he starts balling out and he can play corner and safety, that's so valuable. But I think. More realistically, he's probably just gonna be, you know, a camp guy, gonna be potentially a practice squad guy. But hey, you know what? At this point, you bank on traits, you bank on them putting it together, and you go from there. So I, I think this is a solid pick. Um, I just like the fact that you were just basically just getting a, a an athletic guy, and you're just like, All right, Mike Mitchell, all right, Ron Milas. There you go. There's a little bit more mold for you to clay, you know, or a little bit more clay for you to mold. So I, uh
1: I I I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go C plus here. Um, right. I felt like he could have addressed corner at an earlier time. Uh, and especially since, you know, I'm kind of okay with the corner depth we have now, obviously with safety depth, uh, Ballard's not wanting an Anderson Deho moment ever again. Uh, that's why he's been so adamant on signing so many safeties. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they have like eight safeties on the roster at the moment in time. Yeah. Um, they Obviously, they're not going into the season with that many safeties, but um, you know, th- Valor wants to make sure that that position is covered from here on out. Uh, I like the athlete, I like the player. I just think that uh, he could have went a different direction as well. All right, well, let's go and give an overall grade to this draft, Cody. Everything we just taken into consideration. What's your overall grade for the Colts' twenty twenty two draft?
2: Yes, and I think this is because I loved the round two for the Colts or the day two for the Colts. I think it was probably the best day two of anybody. Um, and you know that was kind of the strength of this draft from what we've heard like you know those those second, third, fourth round kind of those areas were kind of the, the sweet spot in this draft from what I've heard and the fact that the Colts were able to have four picks within that range. I think it was phenomenal. Uh, the fact that they were able to address Wide receiver, tight end, and offensive tackle, and also potentially get a future starter at safety, all in round rounds two and three. I think is absolutely incredible. Um, You know, day three was a little bit less. You know, and again, we'll see. Again, this is just like really based off of you know our opinion. So I think day three was not as good as day two, but I still think it was a solid day. So all that being said, I'm going to give the Colts 2022
1: draft a B plus. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, 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 the only reason I don't give it an A minus is just due to the fact that those day three picks, I just felt like you could have went a couple different directions with a few of those picks. Uh, again, I like the, I mean, the picks of Eric Johnson and Curtis Brooks. I loved those. I thought those were, uh, good depth pieces. Who knows? Both of those guys might actually make the, uh, make, might make the roster, and then could be your depth pieces behind Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner for, you know, the time being. There is possibility for that. Uh, I just think that, you know, when you're looking at just the picks of Rodney Thomas and Andrew Ogletree, I felt like he could have addressed a few different needs uh, that could have helped. But again, B-plus, verge of A-minus. I mean, he, he, they obviously had a phenomenal day, too. No question about it. I mean, the Colts owned Day two. I mean, there was not a team that did better day two. I know a lot of people say, oh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. I, I don't care about the Chiefs. They obvi- they did not do as good as Ballard on day two when you got four guys that could legitimately be starters for you next season at some point. Uh, so I, I, I loved what Ballard did there. I love what uh, Ballard and company did. And again, some good depth pieces in the third round as, uh, or in the third day as well. So I'm happy about it. Let us know your thoughts, guys, in the comments on your overall grades for these players and for the draft overall. Curious to know your thoughts on what, and I, I know we've kind of asked quite a bit over the last few days, like what do you, what kind of grades would you guys give it? But we're curious to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments. Thank you all again so much for the continued support. Greatly appreciate it. Had over 200 new subscribers on the channel over the last like four days. So it's been phenomenal. Thank you all to the new subscribers. Thank you to the old subscribers for sticking around. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.